Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues the message entitled, The Heart That Moves the Hand of God. This message was taught at the Church on the Rock in Berea, Kentucky. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick began the message by posing several questions to the congregation about the move of God. Then he read his text, found in Luke chapter 7, verses 1 through 10, which relays the story of the centurion's servant. On this broadcast, Brother Rick brings us two of three different views of the same situation, the religious view and a friend's view. And now, here's Brother Rick. But here this man as a servant who's sick, and the first view I want to talk about, because I want to talk this morning about the hand that moves the heart, or the heart that moves the hand. See, listen to me. You can try to move God, but God's not moved because you tell God he's supposed to move. How many of you have, it, it's turned into more than just a prayer meeting. It's turned into a commanding God. I went to one prayer meeting. They invited me to come. And these people walking around screaming to God what he's got to do today. I got scared. I thought they were going to be struck by lightning. I thought to myself, y'all people mixed up as a termite and a yo-yo. You don't even know which end up or down. Y'all, you ain't even in charge of this. I mean, never know when you're commanding God to do something, You might be a little touched. You might not know he's one telling you what to do. But they come to Jesus, and they're like me when I read my 20 chapters and visited a shut-in. They started telling Jesus why he had to move. See, you got to move because you need to understand the religious view. Let's look at it. Number one, he's worthy of your move. Have you ever felt that way? Now, listen, don't make me preach to myself because I do need this, but I brought enough for you, too. How many of you have come to God in prayer? Be real honest with your pedigree and your inventory. Tell them how you've sacrificed for him. Like Peter, we left everything for you. (laughs) You ever been there? You ever tried to tell him how worthy you was of his touch. Listen, if you have, you will eat up with religion. If there's anything I hate, it's religion. People ask me if I'm religion, religious, it just about makes me mad. Because religion, the word comes from a Latin-based word. I love words, and, and the word is legara. And legara means bondage, and word re means back to. So if you're religious, you're back in bondage. You're in bondage now to some rules where you was in bondage to sin. But what difference does it make who you're enslaved to if you're still a slave? And with religion, it's always based on the wrong tree of what you do so you can be better, so you can be more deserving and more worthy and be more like God. So God has to honor you. And it's all mixed up. I'm worthy. I'm worthy. He's a worthy man. And then if that don't work, then you talk about how loving he is. He's sweet. (laughs) I've been sweet my whole life because I've not been good looking. 
So even when I was a baby, I'd say, boy, he's sweet, ain't he? <laughs> yeah, he's sweet. That's probably the first words I ever heard, and I couldn't even understand him. I pulled back the cover. Boy, he's sweet, ain't he? Whew. But anyway, Lord, I love you. You ought to move because I love you. I really love you, Lord. So even if I haven't been worthy, I've loved you. And after all, I've done some good things. I've done some good works. You know, uh, I went to visit my spiritual father, Brother Parrish. He just had open heart surgery. Pray for him, by the way. And, but he was sitting with his Bible in his lap when I got there. It was such an encouraging thing because he's 82 now. And when I walked in, he had his Bible in his lap. And he said, I want to teach you something. <laughs> I was coming to see him and encourage him. And he said, Lord spoke to him this morning. He said, you know, the church is kind of confused. And I said, yeah, they are. He said, they're a big fight been going on my whole life on whether we're saved by works or by grace. And he said, it's not works or grace or grace or works. It's a grace that works. He said, I'm going to write a book on that. And I said, I can't wait for it to get out because I need it. Because so many times I've tried to force the hand of God by what I've done for him, expecting him to do for me. If you are basing your need on these three things, that you're worthy, that you have shown the love of God, and that you've done some good stuff, his hand will not move because of that. That's why I said I wonder if he was walking along, they was walking along with him thinking, that he's going to do what they ask because they gave these three reasons why he ought to move. And on the way there, another fellow shows up. It's what I call the friend's view. What your friends say about you, how many of you know they usually give a better report than you do yourself? They know you. <laughs> My daughter went to a Bible study with me. I had the privilege of, of mentoring uh, these kids that was in the Paducah school shooting years ago. And I, I'm still mentoring them. been 20 years now. But uh, I remember my daughter wanted to be a part of that mentoring group. And, of course, every Wednesday I'd show up and I'd teach these kids. How many of you know when the anointing's on you, you look a ton better than you do before you get there? And see, the problem was I took someone in that knew the real story, my daughter. And unfortunately, she got her talking after me. She ain't quite like her mommy. So I got there, and these kids started saying, wow, wasn't that an awesome lesson they're talking to my daughter? <laughs> She's the one that's kept my feet on the dirt so I wouldn't get built up too much, Kevin. She's, she's my regulator. And they was telling, man, it must be amazing. It must be amazing to live with Brother Rick every day. And she said, do what now? They said, I'm sure you're sitting at his feet, <laughs> writing down everything he's giving you. She said, can I inform you his feet stink? 
<laughs> she brought me back and let them people know what we was going to have a barbecue. And she said, Dad, I need you to do something for me. Of course, I didn't know all these conversations was going on and that she was helping me out so much. And I said, what do you need me to do, Tate? And she said, they're coming over for barbecue tonight. Can you put that spiritual thing on the shelf a while and just be yourself? Because I can't even tell them how crazy you are without them thinking I'm blaspheming. And now they've got you up on some kind of pedestal that they can't reach. And she said, you and I both know you're reachable. I didn't know how to do that, Brother Mark. Here all these guys gathered around me, and I was ready to teach, had a lesson, and Tate was looking at me with that eye that she learned from her mother. And I knew I was in trouble, because if I didn't do what she said, she's going to tell her mother. And then, how many of you guys live in a house with more than one woman? You got daughters and granddaughters, and it gets worse. After a while, you ask for what your opinion is rather than give it. What is my opinion on this? So I can tell these people they're looking at me. And I know what I'm... I, I, you brothers ought to say amen, you big cowards setting out. I thought I'd get at least one deep voice, amen. I ain't heard nothing. It, and I said, fellas, I need to talk to you in private. <laughs> And I began to confess my sins and my struggles with them. And I watched their faces change. And I got real, real right in front of them. And I knew that it was what they needed, what I needed. Are you listening to me? Worst thing in your life is to believe your own press. The friend shows up and he says, don't trouble yourself. Have you ever went to God and felt like you were just troubling him? I said, have you ever been to God and you thought you were just aggravating? Knelt down to pray, Lord, I don't want to trouble you. <laughs> I used to start out like this, Lord, I know you're creating universes. I ain't even discovered and we had neither. And I hate to interrupt you. <laughs> That's what he come. He come with a heart as a friend said, listen, don't trouble yourself. Because what he was saying is this guy ain't even worth your trouble. It's a friend talking. You need some friends like that. You just don't need a lot of them. And a friend continues, he ain't even worthy <laughs> for you to touch him. Boy, ain't that a difference? A friend and the religious, they'll build you up, but they also shout crucify. And the friend says, he ain't worthy. And then he goes on to make it worse. He said, listen, he ain't even worthy to come to you. That's why I'm coming in his behalf. So not only is he not worthy for you to show up and he don't want to trouble you, and he ain't worthy to come, so he sent me. But he says he understands authority and submission because he's in authority and under Authority. Listen to me. I won't make a statement. I've made it many times, but it bears repeating. Your level of authority will always equal your level of submission to authority. Are you listening to me? <laughs> and if you're not under authority, you forfeit your right to be in authority. I'm waiting for an amen that didn't come. 
He said he understands, and he understands how that works. Just speak a word. You speak a word. That's all it takes. Now, we got the religious view. Everybody say the religious view. And we got the friend's view. Say it with me, friend's view. Now we're going to talk about God's view. wonder what Jesus is collecting from this story. Jesus sees something. And this is the qualities you need to understand. The first thing Jesus sees is this man's got integrity. The longer I live, listen to me, the longer I live, the less I care about what people say and the more I care about what people do. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast of A Fruitful Life. To reach us, please visit our website at afruitfullife.org, or you can write to us in care of Rick Clendenin, Post Office Box 287, Benton, Kentucky, 42025. If you cannot be with us on the broadcast each day as it airs live, you can go to our website and check out the A Fruitful Life blog. There you will find today's broadcast posted for you to hear or to download. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. When you write, please indicate the call letters of the station that you're listening to right now. If you'd like to help support this broadcast or see the other outreaches of Rick Clendenin Ministries, please visit our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.